I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, Laker fans, thank you very much for tuning in. We'll go till uh, 8 o'clock tonight. Brian Windhorse covers the NBA uh, for ESPN. will join us in about a half hour. Looking forward to chatting with him. We got a lot to get into. We got to talk about the Lakers. What's going on here these last couple of weeks? Lakers, uh, what seemed like they were heading in the right direction. Now I think there's some pause, some hesitation. Uh, we'll spend some time talking about Anthony Davis. Not an impressive uh, week for him. Austin Reeves, just an unbelievable night last night. What he was able to do for the Lakers to kind of keep them in the hunt here. Um, we got a lot that we're going to be uh, breaking down tonight. Okay, so th- let's start off with this. The Lakers over the last week. Uh, you know, sometimes it's so easy to get caught up with um, the team that you're watching, the team that you're watching on a night-in, night-out basis, and when you feel like you're turning a corner, man, especially for the Lakers, when the NBA trade deadline happened, Lakers went through a stretch. Braun gets injured, but they were 9-4 and four since the NBA trade deadline. 9-4. and four. And you're starting to watch the team, and you're saying to yourself, I, I remember doing the Lakers uh, Lakers talk last week, and this was the Lakers coming off that loss to the Knicks. And I was still saying, look, guys, I get it. I know they lost to the Knicks. Knicks 10 games above 500 at the time. They were playing some good basketball. No, Jalen Brunson wasn't there. Yes, it was a second of a back-to-back. But I still felt really good about where the Lakers were. And um, I felt good that the Lakers could uh, – that they are trending in the right direction – that some things were going their way in the Western Conference and that they had a legitimate chance of going to grab that number six seed. Now, that doesn't mean that's all out of the question, but one week later, this Lakers team, I really thought was going to accomplish so much more over this past week. I, I, I had mentioned this, that I think they're going to go 3-1. and one. I think there's a good chance they're going to go 3-1. and one. I think they got to go 3-1. and one. Remember, they had four games last week. It was the Pelicans... Um, it was the Rockets, the Mavs, and then they closed it out yesterday against the Orlando Magic. What an opportunity to go 3-1 and one over the course of the week. And I kind of just want to lay out what's happened over the course of the last week, a little bit over a week or so. When they start out 9-4 and four since the trade deadline, you start looking at the team and saying, a lot of these pieces just make sense. The fit is there. LeBron has missed a ton of games. D'Angelo has missed a ton of games, yet they're still winning games. That you're getting great contributions. Anthony Davis is playing fantastic basketball. You're getting great contributions from a lot of the role players. Guys like Dennis Schroeder are, are, uh, um, are contributing. Austin Reeves. Rui had a couple good games. Malik Beasley can go off for six or seven three-pointers in a game. Jared Vanderbilt just seems like he's a nice fit. Wenyan Gabriel is going to uh, make as many hustle plays as possible. Troy Brown Jr. might have a night where he can hit some threes for the Lakers. And the, the optimism of where the Lakers were heading I think was at an all-time high for the season. I remember tweeting out, Lakers basketball is fun again. And I meant it. I, I really did feel like the, the team is playing good basketball and um, there's a lot to look forward to. I think a lot of that now has been paused for a second here because what we've watched over the last week, Lakers could have easily gone 1-3 and three over the course of these last four games. 
Lakers, now you could also say they could have easily have gone three and one. But at a stage of the year where you have to take as much opportunity, take advantage of these opportunities in front of you because you just don't know if you're going to get these opportunities again. You just don't know that when you play the Houston Rockets, if that's going to be the game that ends up costing you. And I thought over the week, the way they started against the Pelicans, they're up 70-45 to at the half. In my head, I'm like, watch out for the Los Angeles Lakers. I kind of stopped worrying about all the teams that the Lakers were fighting for in playoff positions. Like, ah, the Timberwolves, I'm not worried about. The Thunder, for game, the Jazz, the Pelicans. You stop paying attention to those teams because the Lakers were taking care of their own business. And then that Pelicans game continues, and the Lakers, what was once a 40-point lead, I want to say the Pelicans got it down to 11 or 9 or something along those lines, and the Lakers had to actually play their starters and their best players through the game, and um, it, and what should have been a comfortable win, no problem against the Pelicans, it got a little bit more interesting, but the Lakers won the game. The next night on Wednesday, they get the Houston Rockets. And um, that game against the Rockets, I don't have to tell Laker fans, just came out with a no sense of urgency. You're down double digits in the first half. You try to make a run in the second half, but uh, the Rockets end up winning their 17th game on the season. They do it against the Lakers. Anthony Davis also doesn't play in that game. And, you know, it, it it's just kind of continues the conversation with AD. Looks like he's not going to play in some of these back-to-backs. And now you get to Friday. It's like, all right, well, you still have an opportunity to have that three-in-one week that you were looking for. Friday comes, Dallas Mavericks, no Luka. You're just assuming the Lakers are going to take advantage of the opportunity. They fail again. And the mistakes of what they failed, I'll get into that in just a second, specifically on Anthony Davis and kind of the week that he's had. The mistakes they made, and specifically AD towards the end of that game, cost the Lakers another game, this time against the team that's in front of you. So instead of, you know, pulling even with the Dallas Mavericks, being 2-2 in the season series, it's 3-1 now. They got the tiebreaker, and the Lakers just get an awful, awful loss against the Mavs team that are missing. You know, they're one of their best players as well in Luka, and Kyrie goes off for 38. But I thought the Lakers made mental mistakes where they could have won that game. And then finally yesterday against the Orlando Magic, Lakers got the win. It just took 35 from Austin Reeves for you to get there. And it was not a comfortable win. They went up 16, and you thought, all right, Lakers are going to blow them out. And then there the game is tied with a minute to go or a minute and a half to go in the game at Crypto, and Lakers could have easily lost that game. So it's been a rough product to watch here over the last five games or so, and now all of a sudden the Lakers are still kind of just fighting to get into this playing tournament and take it from there. Now I know there's games going on. I know there's a lot of teams that are still very close to each other, but – I'm paying more attention to what do the Lakers look like on a night-in, night-out basis. And unfortunately, um, I don't know what Lakers, what version of the Los Angeles Lakers we're going to get. And that, to me, has been, I guess you could say, the most bothersome of any of the stuff that I'm talking about around the Lakers over these last couple weeks is just when I thought I knew what the Lakers were, just when I thought, hey, this is a really, really good team that's getting hot at the right time, and all the pieces look like they're starting to fit, now it's looking like they're just an average team at best. A quick shout-out here. Thank you to Valvoline Instant Oil Change being a partner here on Lakers Talk. Um, don't procrastinate. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for location and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Again, just go to 
SoCalOilChange.com to get your car serviced. Are the Lakers just an average team? Is it just as simple as that, that every time they get close to getting back to 500, they'll have that loss that sets them back? They had a chance when they played the Knicks to get back to 500. Um, they lost that game. They had a chance when they played the Rockets to get back to 500. They lost two games in a row. Yesterday they got within two games. But I think the story that that what this is telling, of all these teams that are hovering around the Lakers, whether it's the Mavs, whether it's the Warriors, whether it's the Thunder, whether it's the Timberwolves, whether it's the Jazz, whether it's the Pelicans, all these teams are just average. And that doesn't mean that the Lakers can't be a lot better if Braun comes back or the Timberwolves can't be a lot better if and when Anthony Edwards and Carl, Tanth- uh, Carl Anthony Towns uh, comes back or for the Dallas Mavericks when Luka comes back or for the Clippers when Kawhi's playing in all these games. But it just seems like we're watching average basketball on a night-in-night-out basis, and that's the disappointing part because I, I really kind of started selling myself on, no, I think I have a pretty good idea of what this team is. No, no, I think this team is better than all these teams that are hovering around that 500 mark. Um, but after these last set of games, I don't think that's the case anymore. I think now we're watching a team that's probably a coin flip from getting out of this, uh, first getting in the playing tournament and then getting out of the playing tournament and being one of these top eight teams to go up against uh, uh, D- Denver Nuggets or Sacramento or Memphis Grizzlies. I'm not 100% sure what we have from the Lakers anymore. And um, just when you felt like you kind of understood what they are, I, I think now we're kind of starting to fall in, the, in, in a different direction. Um, that win against the Magic yesterday, that if they'd have lost that game, I heard on the broadcast John was saying, you know, must win. And a lot of people, Michael and I were talking about in the pregame show, must win this, that. I know we throw that around loosely. But if they'd have lost that game, then they'd have fallen to number 12, and that had been a three-game losing streak. You still have games coming up this week. They got the Phoenix Suns this week, who still got a lot to play for, and they actually have real all-stars. They got the Thunder, who beat the Suns yesterday. Shea Gilgis, I think, dropped 40-something or 40 or whatever it was, and the Lakers always seem to have some trouble with the Thunder. The Chicago Bulls, who are fighting as well to try to get into this uh, playing tournament, they've won a couple games in a row. So, it's not like Lakers got layups coming up, and in each one of these games, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised one way or the other that the Lakers, they win by five, they lose by five. I just don't know what we're going to get on a night-in, night-out basis. Now, this is going to lead me to my next topic. Um, a lot of that, I think, also falls on the shoulders of Anthony Davis. And I think part of the reason why we're not sure what we're going to get out of the Lakers on a night-in, night-out basis probably has something to do with we're not sure uh, what the Lakers, what Anthony Davis is going to give on a night-in, night-out basis. It's a rough week for AD. You know, I, I think the the dominating performance that he had against the Pelicans had that 35-17, and 17, great, awesome. Um, against the Knicks, I, I remember him in the post-game show uh, basically saying that it was on him that the uh, the Lakers didn't beat the Knicks. He was kind of pointing the finger at himself. I think that was the game against the Knicks. He had 17 points, was 8 of 18 from the field, 1 of 5 from the free throw line for AD, which is kind of awkward, 3 of 6 yesterday from the free throw line against the Orlando Magic. In some of those clutch situations, AD is not coming through. But he has the game against the Knicks, and then he comes back against the Pelicans, has a good game. 
does not play in the Lakers-Rockets game. And, you know, I, I know for a lot of Laker fans that was frustrating just because how important each one of these games are. And if he plays against the Rockets, they're obviously going to win that game. Um, and then he had all those mistakes against the Dallas Mavericks. When we come back, I want to spend a little time on Anthony Davis. Just simple as this. Is, is AD carrying his weight? And I think we kind of know the answer there, that it's not done on a consistent basis. So we'll do that. We'll talk about Anthony Davis a little bit when we come back. Um, and, and we'll also talk about, I think this is a, a, a key situation for the Lakers as well, the starters not really delivering. The starters being back and forth. You're almost relying on the bench now for the Lakers to win some of these games. So we'll do all that coming up next. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Stay right here. Brian Windhorst coming up in about 15 minutes. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, welcome back to Lakers Talk. Uh, Brian Windhorst coming up here in a few minutes. Uh, looking forward to uh, chat some Lakers basketball with him and really got some NBA questions from him as well in general, what he likes out of the East and the Western Conference so far. Um, we're spending a little time talking about Anthony Davis, so I, I want to stick on that for a second. I'll still get into Austin Reeves. There's a little bit of an update that Coach gave yesterday on LeBron James, so we'll do that as well. So I think the Anthony Davis portion has been kind of fascinating for me. Anthony Davis is supposed to be the player that night in, night out, especially without LeBron James, you just got to depend on him, and you have to assume, okay, AD is going to drop 28-12 with a couple of block shots, and he might have games where he's giving you 35-17, and 17, but just put it in the bank. He's going to do his job. The question now is just going to come down to, is everybody else doing their job? And does he have enough help on a night in, night out basis? But the question is not supposed to be AD. Anthony Davis is not supposed to be the question mark. AD is supposed to be the one that I'm going to do a post-game show and I could get on uh, the post-game broadcast and say, all right, AD did not have enough help tonight, which is why the Lakers lost. Or look at all the help on top of what Anthony Davis was doing, which is why the Lakers won. That's kind of, for me, I, I thought was the blueprint for the Lakers. And when they were winning some games, whether it was – against the Memphis Grizzlies when he had 30 and 22 or the Warriors where he had 39 8 and 6 or that game against Minnesota where he did his part he had 38 but the Lakers lost the game cuz he didn't have enough help I thought that's kind of the storyline with the Lakers instead um that has not been the case here so far loss against the Knicks um 8 of 18 from the field just 7 point, 17 points 1 of 5 from the free throw line Loss against the Dallas Mavericks. Gave you 26-10, and 10, but only took 14 shots. Missed a couple key free throws in that game. I mean, he, he had the Maxi Kleba foul 
with whatever that was, eight seconds to go, something along those lines. I still, to this, I cannot understand what he was doing fouling a three-point shooter up four. Made no sense. Then he missed a free throw on one end. Then he comes back on the other end, and I, I thought, you know, it wasn't all on AD, but his rotation to kind of fall off a of Kleba and Kyrie to find him, um, there were some mistakes there. And it was around Anthony Davis. Yesterday, AD had 15 points and 11 rebounds, 3 of 6 from the free throw line, 6 of 15, and the Lakers almost lost to the Orlando Magic. That's not enough from from um, from Anthony Davis. And when I say it's not enough, I'm not talking about individual performance. I'm not paying attention to Anthony Davis and just saying simply, well, I want his numbers to go up. What I'm talking about is the Lakers are not going to win games unless AD's playing good basketball, unless AD's setting the tone. You know, what makes these players so great? What makes a superstar a superstar? A superstar is somebody that when you get on the floor every single night, you already know that that team has completely game-planned for that player. Every night, LeBron James for the last 20 years jumps on the basketball floor. Every night, teams are saying, you know what, throw a double team at him. Yeah, I don't care, throw a triple team at him. Every single night, these superstars, Giannis, uh, Nikola, Nikola Jokic, um, Giannis, Joel Embiid, um, Luka, go through all these great players. When they step on the floor every single night, LeBron James, Damian Lillard, every time they step on the floor, other teams are trying to get that superstar to have a bad night. But you know what those superstars usually do? Deliver. And it's not going to be, they're not going to deliver every night. They're going to have a night where they're not shooting well, whatever the case is. But they're, for the most part, going to get their numbers. That's what makes them so special. Anthony Davis, I think right now we're in a phase where it's like, okay, well, Bron's not there. Let's throw a double team at him. Bron's not there. Let's just pack the paint. But all these other players deal with the same thing, and I think that's what makes these guys super, super stars, where they're MVP candidates, where they're finals MVP players, that you could do whatever you want. That player's still going to get his. Um, AD did not have a good week. Let's put it that way. And that doesn't mean he didn't have a good game against the Pelicans. It means he didn't have a good week where night in and night out, we're not talking about Anthony Davis and we're not saying, okay, well, AD got his, but, man, these other players just didn't come through. That That's my portion that's been frustrating with Anthony Davis. So when I do throw out that question there, is he carrying his weight? The answer is no, he's not. And if the Lakers are going to get in the playing tournament or have a shot, shot at getting in the playoffs, he's obviously got to do his part. And to to rely on, I'm not saying the Lakers are going to rely on this, but yesterday Austin Reeves had a career high. He was amazing. And he ended up with 35 points, 6 rebounds, and 6 assists. Austin Reeves won the Lakers a game. I saw a tweet following the game where somebody said, I think I said, Austin Reeves saves the day. And somebody had hit me back and said, he didn't save the game, he didn't save the day, he saved the season. Might not be wrong that if the Lakers lost that game to the Orlando Magic yesterday, then you know they're in a, a world of hurt, and if Austin Reeves doesn't drop 35 points, maybe the Lakers do lose that game. If Reeves scores 25 or 28, they probably lose that game. Um, the unfortunate part was Austin Reeves didn't have 35 on top of Anthony Davis's 35. Austin Reeves led the Lakers in scoring, and he had 20 more points than Anthony Davis. I don't think that's the winning pedigree. Listen, 
if the Lakers were winning all these games, I don't care if, if Anthony Davis, and I know Anthony Davis does not typically care when it comes to that. AD is not worried about his own individual stats. He just wants the team to win. He came on with John and Michael yesterday post game, and that was one of his main points. He's like, look, as long as we're winning, you guys know I don't care. I believe him in that. The problem is I don't think the Lakers win many games unless he starts doing more, unless he starts having more nights where it's 28, 30, whatever it is. Um, he still had four blocks and two steals. I mean, we know what Anthony Davis can do on that side of the floor, but not enough AD, at least in my opinion so far. If you guys uh, got some thoughts on that, you can feel free to hit me up on Twitter. Okay, so um, I don't know how much of the season is going to come down to this, and it could be, but Darvin Ham said yesterday that LeBron should be back by the end of the season. So let me kind of just paint a picture here for everybody, just kind of the situation with the Lakers. This Thursday, LeBron is going to get reevaluated. If you guys remember, originally they said, all right, he's going to get reevaluated in three weeks. That three-week mark is in between the Phoenix game on Wednesday and the Thunder game coming up on Friday. So on Thursday, LeBron's going to get reevaluated. And on Thursday, we're going to get some kind of update, hopefully, from the Los Angeles Lakers that will shed a little bit more light. Hey, things are progressing well. He's going to get back to on-court activities by this date, this time. Or maybe they're going to say, okay, got reevaluated. Uh, still nothing as of this point. He's going to get reevaluated again in a week or in two weeks. But it's that's basically what we're looking for at this point is just kind of trying to figure out if um, it, what, what the latest is with LeBron James and if there's a realistic chance that, that he could come back at some point. There's only 10 games left on the year. And by the time this week is all said and done, so by the time I'm doing Lakers talk next Monday, seven games left on the season. Um, no one believed that Braun was going to come back after he's reevaluated in three weeks. I think everybody was just expecting he'll get reevaluated, but it's still going to take some time. Let's just say it's still another couple weeks after he gets reevaluated on the 23rd which would really kind of take us to the final week of the season. Come April 3rd, which is two weeks uh, two weeks away from today, the Lakers will have four games left. I, I don't know if Braun will be a part of that. I don't know if LeBron James will be a part of the rest of the regular season. I think it was a little encouraging when, when uh, Coach said it yesterday, pregame show, that he, LeBron should be back by the end of the season. I think that obviously gives a, a ton of hope. Um, this is kind of the only way that I look at it now. I, I've got a chance to see the Lakers with LBJ, without LBJ, with Anthony Davis, without Anthony Davis, with D'Angelo Russell, without D'Angelo Russell. What we have not seen is this team um, with everybody, with all their pieces. And when you look how critical every single game is moving forward, I think this is where we're getting to. Unless LeBron does come back, how do you really make noise at some point before the season's all said and done? You know, you, you could go look at the standings, and every single day you're going to move a spot up, you're going to move a spot down. Some teams are going to win a game that you weren't expecting them to win. Other teams are going to lose a game that you were expecting them to lose or you weren't expecting them to lose. That's kind of how it's been in the entire Western Conference. But what it should come down to is – is your team, is there enough talent there to really think that you can go up against anybody and give them a shot? And that might just be 
The only way that happens is if LeBron is back and he's back before the regular season ends and he gets a couple games in and then he's ready for the playing tournament, then you take your chances there. And then what kind of LeBron James are we going to get from there? I don't have an answer for you, but that is somewhat of an update that we got yesterday and I think a little bit encouraging. Um, you know, this will be part of the conversation I have with Brian Windhorst when it comes up. If he does expect that there will be some time for Braun before uh, you get in a plane term or anything along those lines. So um, at least a little bit of good news there. But now it's, you know, such a necessity that he's got to come back just to kind of even be a part of this playoff picture. I think that part is becoming more and more clear just because I, I don't know what the Lakers are going to give you on a night and night out basis. I really don't. Okay, Brian Windhorst coming up next. Stay right here. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, welcome back to uh, Lakers Talk. Always looking forward to uh, have Brian Windhorse on, talk a little bit. Uh, not just the Lakers, got a couple of NBA questions for him as well. Brian, it's been a while, bud. Thanks for uh, taking the time. Thanks, Alan. All right, let's start with this. So it, it's kind of been fascinating, I think, watching the Lakers night in and night out, for me at least, where I thought about a week and a half ago, I thought, okay, you know what? I think I understand the Lakers. I think that the trade after the trade deadline, the pieces fit. No, the team is not 100% healthy, but they're playing hard, and it looks like they have the right squad for the final 15, 20 games of the season, whatever the case is. I think they had 23 coming into the uh, All-Star break. And then I've, over the last week and a half, I'm starting to kind of doubt what the Lakers are right now. I'm just curious to get your thoughts. They're sitting at 35 and 37 now, still have not got back to 500 um, almost could have lost the game yesterday. The Orlando Magic lost on Friday to the Dallas Mavericks on a lot of mental mistakes, and that was without Luka. What is your current perception of the Lakers right now? So there's some nuance that has to come into here. The roster that they have right now is so much better than the roster they started the season with, especially in regards to how it fits with their star players. But we also have to realize that that doesn't mean that it's a championship roster. It's just so vastly improved. So I do, th I really like their team when they're all healthy. I have believed that that team, you know, this new supporting cast with LeBron and AD is a top six team in the West. And that if they had had that team all season, there wouldn't be any worries about being in 10th place or ninth or the difference between, um, you know, sixth or seventh. I think that team would be up there well over 500 and would be worried about their first round opponent and maybe even fighting for home court. But 
I don't think it's a perfect team. I think it's a team that definitely could improve. So I do think they've been underachieving a little bit in the last couple of weeks, um, with the exception of Austin Reeves, who was playing the best basketball of his career and had an absolutely magical game uh, against Orlando. It's a little bit worrisome that you need that type of performance of him from on your home court, um, you know, to, to be a team like Orlando. But the reality is, is that when you put out guys like D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley, those are high-variance players. What I mean by that is you know that they might score 26 one night, but the next night they might score six. They may shoot 65% on Monday and shoot 15% on Thursday. That is the nature of who those players are. So when you don't, and this definitely happened at the game in Houston last week, when you have players like that, you run the risk of high-variance games, especially when you have your stability guys like LeBron and AD not in there. And so they're vulnerable, and they are they are vulnerable in the standings because of you know, they had to spend 50 games with a with a very flawed roster. They have to carry that record around with them. So it's a long way of saying that they're absolutely better and they're absolutely more interesting, and I absolutely believe that they have potential. But let's not mistake this for a roster that I think they had in 2020. Brian, I'm curious, and um, I'm going to wait on the bronze stuff for just a second here, but let, let's just say that this is the team that the Lakers have the rest of this season. What's the ceiling with AD and D'Angelo and uh, and Austin Reeves and Dennis Schroeder? If this is the team, let's just hypothetically speaking, this is the team they got the rest of the way. Do they get out of a playing tournament? Yeah, I mean, Alan, here's the thing. The West is terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, let's not confuse competitive for good. Like, you know, your, your fans, your listeners, probably this isn't the first year they followed the NBA. There have been a lot of years where you had to get 48, 50 wins to make the playoffs. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you know, like, um, I was, you know, this may not be up to date right this very second, but, you know, the Mavericks won that game on Friday and they were four and six in their previous 10 games. It was a vitally important win for them. They went four and six. You know how much ground they lost to the Clippers or the, or the Warriors or the Timberwolves? No, none, no ground. They have the same record the last 10 games. The Lakers have gone, I think, six and four in their last 10. They're picking up ground, mm. even though it doesn't feel like it, right? So um, the, the, the teams at the top, Denver is flawed. Denver's defense, I don't believe in it. Sacramento's got a bottom five defense. Mm. They've got one of the best offenses I've ever seen and one of the weakest defenses for a top two seed I've ever seen. You know, Memphis obviously has their own issues, both injury and internal. None of those teams you look at and go, oh, my God, I'm afraid of them. Hmm. So, like, you ask me what the ceiling of the Lakers is. Like, there are scenarios where they could win multiple rounds. Um, I'm not going to say that I think that's going to happen because they have shown me that they can't put, you know, three good weeks together. But, like, there's a reason why LeBron is going to fight so hard and turn over every rock to get back as I know he is, because he senses the weakness that exists. So if you're a Lakers fan, let me tell you what your ceiling is. Your ceiling is that you gave this season a real good swing and don't walk away saying, oh, my gosh, this was the year where the Warriors were messed up and the Suns renovated their team and Durant got hurt and the Clippers were still off 
uh, and you know we as the Lakers didn't didn't take advantage of it. That's what you don't want to have happen. Brian Windhorst taking some time here to uh, join Lakers talk. Um, Brian, yesterday we got a chance to hear Darvin Ham in the pregame show say that LeBron should be back by the end of the season. There's only ten games left. He's going to get reevaluated coming up this Thursday. I'm just curious if you've heard anything different or anything further on how um, his progress is coming along. And, you know, I I emphasize only 10 games left because things could be on schedule and things could be on plan. But at the same time, Bron is obviously fighting time at the same time. Well, they obviously have been very vague on this. They haven't said what the real injury is. And they said he'd be reevaluated in three weeks. And I think Darvin had to say something because it had been three weeks. And I know he hasn't actually gone through the actual doctor's appointment yet, but it's not like he isn't being viewed by the team as professionals every single day. So um, I'm not going to get too far into this. I'm just going to say that from what I understand, he has done everything he possibly can to try to figure out how to get back from this. Um, And that this was never a three-week injury. It was never going to be a three-week injury. And it's probably not a five-week injury either. So, you know, this to me, while the injuries are probably very different, it's comparable to two years ago when he came back right at the end of the season from that high ankle sprain, and he probably wasn't ready to come back. But he did it because he wanted to make it happen and tried to get, you know, give the team what he could. I suspect that's probably what's going to happen here. Um, And so, you know, LeBron is LeBron. He's not going to want to lose an opportunity to try to make something happen. So he'll try to make something happen. But um, this is a significant injury. And there's a reason why they're being vague, because if they were being 100 percent honest, it probably would look bleaker than they want you to believe. Uh, Well, I'll hit on this. The the 10 games left is not. It's so much different, right? If we're sitting here in January and you knew you had X amount of time, that that is the thing that he's going to be fine with is just trying to get back and if there's any time left in the regular season. Um, Brian, I'm curious to get your thoughts as somebody that does not, you know, you're covering the entire NBA and I got a couple NBA questions for you as well, but this one real quick on just the Anthony Davis front. Right now, it's funny because – you might get one night where AD is giving you 35 and 17 like he did against the Pelicans on Tuesday in that critical win um, against the Pelicans on the road, went 12 or 13 from the free throw line. Or he might give you what he did yesterday, which was 15 points, 11 rebounds, went 6 of 15 from the field and shot 50% from the free throw line, 3 of 6. I, I know AD is one of the better players in the NBA. What what is what is the perception of Anthony Davis right now around the league as far as him being a, a consistent great that can carry a team to the playoffs? Just I'm curious to get your perception on the outside. I mean, I think the perception is exactly what the Lakers fans' perception is, which is that he's an incredible player and an incredible talent that you just don't know is going to be able to do it because he's injury prone. And even when he's healthy, you're never 100% sure what he's going to do. And um, every team in this league wants a player like that. I mean, there's no questioning his talent. He just, over the course of now, what's been many, many years, I mean, his career is kind of tracked the same way. He blows you away one night and, and disappoints you the next. And, you know, I think most people believe that he could never be the number one player on a team. 
that because of all those factors, he needs to be the supporting star, just the, which is the style that the Lakers had when they won the title. And if they could get ever, you know, could ever get everything aligned, that it could happen again. Um, but that's who he is. He's a guy that everybody would want, but not everybody would would embrace as being a perfect fit. And so I do think that his upside remains incredible, and that's why if you're the Lakers, you you have faith because you're waiting for everything to align, just like it did in the bubble. But it's been frustrated because he's like a race car, Alan. He needs to be just calibrated, just so. Mm. But when he is, oh my God, does it go? But boy, is it hard to keep it in calibration. Mm. That's a that's a great analogy right there. Um, got a couple of NBA questions I want to throw you away. We'll stay in the West first. We'll go to the East. Um, six teams are going to lock up a playoff spot and not and get to get a chance to avoid the playing tournament. Who do you think that number six spot right now? You know, if you look, there's Dallas, there's the Warriors, there's the Lakers, there's the Timberwolves. There's you know a number of teams that are all fighting to just avoid the play-in. Of those teams, which one do you feel most comfortable avoids the playing tournament? Probably should be the Clippers. They have the best team, but how am I supposed to look at them and and their track record and? be able to rely on them at all. It's very hard. The Clippers is probably my answer. If I am the Lakers, my goal, obviously your goal for the Lakers is to get to six. And if they just handled their business a little bit better for the last couple of weeks, I think they'd already be there. But look, they are where they are because they're imperfect. You gotta, you gotta be seven or eight because the difference between everybody's focused on the difference between being six and seven. Okay. For sure. But there's a huge difference between oh, yeah. being eight and nine. You know, you know, if you're eight, you get double elimination, and you're going to get you know the elimination game at home if you lose. If you're nine or ten, you got to win two games. Um, so, you know, and I know we just saw last year the Atlanta Hawks, I believe, were the um, nine. Uh, they were, uh, I think, the nine seed, and they won two games to get in. So it's not that it can't get done, but in lieu of not getting six, avoid ninth. And that's with the Lakers' schedule and their talent, that's absolutely doable. They need to have a couple, they need to have 10 good days and they'll be in good shape. Uh, Brian, final one for you, and always appreciate you taking the time. In the Eastern Conference, it's been interesting to kind of see the, the Philadelphia 76ers. I want to say they've won eight in a row, nine to 10, something along those lines. And the Boston Celtics struggle, basically playing 500 basketball over their last 10 games. Is the East still between the Bucks and the Celtics, or you think the Sixers have as good of a chance as either one of those teams? No, the Sixers are absolutely a factor. And in the East, the big thing is the one and two seed, because the difference between being the one seed, and remember, when Milwaukee played Boston last year, that was a seven-game series that the Celtics won game seven at home. Not only do you get home court in the conference finals if you're the one seed, but you get to be on the opposite side of the bracket as the Sixers, the Bucks win it as the Sixers and the Celtics. And those two teams have to battle it out in the second round. Uh, and one of them is not even going to have home court. Like either this, you know, I think the Bucks are going to hold on to the number one, which means that either the, the the Bucks or the Sixers, I'm sorry, whether the Celtics or the Sixers, are going to have to face hmm. the other without home court to, for the right to play the Bucks, hmm. while the Bucks are pl- probably playing the Cavs or the Knicks in the second round. The difference there is 
humongous. So the Sixers have completely entered themselves into the race. They are two games back here going into Monday night's games. They are two games back of the Bucks. Both of them probably feel like they can still catch them. And Philly is playing better and better and better. Harden is leading the league in assists. Embiid is leading the league in scoring. Their defense has been getting better. Um, they've been moving around their starting lineup. Tyrese Maxey has been in there playing great basketball since he came in the starting lineup 10 games ago. They are absolutely very, very potent. And the reality is this. The three best teams in the league are in the Eastern Conference. It is those three teams and then everybody else. And I know Denver will have something to say about that, but in honesty, they are not on that team's level. And it's another reason that if you're in the Western Conference, there is just weakness abound. Mm. Any of these top six or seven, eight teams, you could make a case for me. I'm not so sure about Sacramento, but you could make a case for me that any of those teams could win it. And they will only have to face one of the best three teams in the East to do it. This is a year of opportunity in the Western Conference. Somebody is going to take advantage of it. We're going to see who it is. Brian, fascinating stuff, buddy. Thank you uh, for the time, and I appreciate all the insight around the NBA. Have a great week. All right, that is uh, Brian Windhorse right there. Always does a great job for uh, ESPN covering the league. Uh, fantastic stuff. we got our final thoughts coming up next day right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. All right, thank you to Brian Windhorse. Always appreciate his insight on the Lakers and just really the NBA as a whole. Um, Quick shout-out here, Harris Resort SoCal. Proud partner of Lakers Talk, located out in northern San Diego, Great, great lake location for a staycation just two hours away from downtown L.A., located out there off the uh, Palomar Mountain. Um, how about this from the entertainment perspective? California's first and the nation's largest Hell's Kitchen location. Hot new restaurant features a menu approved by the Michelin star celebrity chef Gordon Ramsay himself. Um, or here's another uh, great amenity there at Harris Resort. Rincon Reservation Road Brewery is the first tribally owned brewery in Southern California and is located uh, right there at the heart of Harris Resort SoCal. Remember, 1,500 slots, 50 table games. I've stayed at uh, this place a number of different times, a fantastic place for a staycation. Okay, I want to give kind of my final thoughts here for the Los Angeles Lakers this upcoming week. So, this is um, an interesting week for the Lakers. It really is. I know they all are. Only 10 games left. That performance that we got out of Austin Reeves yesterday, I, I listen, I love the 35-6-6 six six from him. I love that he's been pretty much 16-20 to 20 points a night for the Lakers off the bench. I love that he's pretty much now getting starter minutes because of how great he's been. But the Lakers' starter has got to be better. You know, that, that's one of the things that I took away over these last couple games from the Lakers. 
What happened to the starters? D'Angelo has been inconsistent. I know he ended up yesterday hitting a couple of big shots. and I mean, he wasn't awful yesterday, but uh, he's been a little bit more inconsistent. Malik Beasley is wildly inconsistent with his shooting. And the Lakers, you know, if they'd have beat the Dallas Mavericks on Friday, I would have been praising the Lakers bench for winning the game for them. Yesterday, the Lakers bench won the game for them. I'm not saying... You don't want to have a strong bench, you do, but I feel like the Lakers bench is trying to get the Lakers out of holes now instead of the starters kind of thriving and then the bench coming in and doing some work as well. Uh, I don't think the Lakers will make any changes with only 10 games left to go, but you you really want to see more consistency. Dennis Schroeder has been nice. Austin Reeves has been great. Wenyan Gabriel has been reliable and is just a worker. And then Rui Hachimura, I think, has done a good job as well. But everybody else, you know, in that starting lineup, you need more out of Troy Brown Jr. I think you need more Jared Vanderbilt, D'Angelo Russell, and uh, and and Malik Beasley. And most definitely need more from Anthony Davis as well. So the Lakers um, hopefully can kind of start figuring some stuff out from that perspective. There was some news yesterday as well. There were some rumors out there that um, Tristan Thompson um, – Sham Sharania and Jovan Buha were reporting this, that the Lakers have a roster spot. They're looking to fill up that roster spot. And, um, you know, now that Mobamba is out, he has that high ankle sprain. LeBron's obviously been out. Anthony Davis missed one of those back-to-backs. and Or one of those games, one of those two games, has missed the last two back-to-backs. That the Lakers are looking to get another big man. You guys remember Tristan Thompson? Won a championship with um, LeBron back in 2016. Only 32 years old. For some reason, I thought he was a lot older. Tony Bradley, another younger center out there, that these guys are scheduled to work out for the Lakers this week, and the Lakers might find a way to try to add another uh, big man. I I will say this, whoever they decide to bring in, and to be honest with you, for me to try to make a decision and say, no, it's got to be Tony Bradley. No, it's got to be Tristan Thompson. I'll let the Lakers front office figure that out. But um, they do need another big. They need another guy that they could depend on to um, at least just give you some minutes. I mean, that game against the Rockets, it was Rui and Jared Vanderbilt that started at basically were your two centers or two forwards. They didn't have a center. And Wendy Gabriel kind of does the best he can and undersized big. When the Lakers lost Mo Bamba, I kind of was trying to say, all right, well, that's kind of a big loss here. That's a player that he's your other seven-footer. Remember, Thomas Bryant was the backup center for the Lakers, so right now not having that has been a problem. We'll see if the Lakers end up doing anything from that front. Um, Okay, so this is what the Lakers do have this week. Actually, before I do so, quick shout-out here. Thank you to Valvoline Instant Oil Change, proud partner of Lakers Talk. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for location and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change. We always appreciate their partnership here on the show. So this week for the Lakers, and this is going to go pretty fast. I mentioned after this week, just seven games left. So I want you guys to pay attention. These, All three of these games are going to be here at Crypto. All three of these games in L.A. The Phoenix Suns, who are still fighting for seeding, uh, didn't have DeAndre Ayton yesterday. We'll have to kind of wait and see if he's going to play in this one. They lost to the Thunder yesterday. Got the Oklahoma City Thunder, who have now won, I think it's something like 7 of 10 games. I mean, they're playing some good basketball. They've been on a good little streak here since Shea got back. And then they got the Chicago Bulls on Sunday. 
I got a feeling that the West is going to kind of keep doing what it's doing, which is nothing special. You're kind of watching them night in and night out and saying, what kind of product is this? But that's kind of how the Western Conference has been, so I'm not going to pay too close attention to it. But what it's going to come down to is, can the Lakers just handle their own business? Can the Lakers just put themselves in a spot where we don't have to go scoreboard watching every you know three hours to see, okay, how did this team do? How did that team do? Can the Lakers just kind of control their own destiny the rest of the way? You got 10 games left. After these three home games, Lakers will go on the road for five straight games. Chicago, Minnesota, Houston, Utah, and the Clippers. Four of those five games that I mentioned right there are all against teams that are still you know, in the playoff hunt or in the playing tournament or trying to get out of the playing tournament and solidify their own spot. So all those games will have some meaning to it. Rockets, obviously, the one game where you're going up against a team that already beat you uh, last week. Just keep all that in mind because this week could very easily determine that the Lakers are back where they need to be or they're just kind of churning their own wheels, chasing their own tail, and uh, still trying to get back to 500 without being able to do it. So uh, a lot riding on this week, a lot riding on the final 10 games, and really that's going to be the determining factor of whether the Lakers will get some opportunities to um, play basketball past April 9th. Another thing to keep in mind, too, in the standings, it's not just about getting in, but there's a big difference between the 10 seed and the 8 seed. There's a big difference between the 7 seed and the 9 seed. You're either going to get a home game, you're not going to get a home game, you're either going to be in a double elimination or you're going to be in a single elimination. So um, each one of these each one of these games is not just about where you are or it's not just whether you get in the playing tournament, but it's going to determine what your actual seeding is as well. Okay. I'm back on tomorrow with uh, T-Rod, Travis Rogers. I appreciate everybody taking the time to listen to the show uh, tonight. If you miss any part of the show, just go to the ESPN LA app. You could catch the full hour here of Lakers talk. Uh, thank you again to Brian Windhorst for taking some time to join the show uh, internally here. Thank you to Michael Funches. Thank you to Laura Romo. Thank you to Mario Ruiz. LA, as always, I greatly appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, I'm Alan Sliwa. This is Lakers talk on 710 ESPN.